You're listening to The Screw Podcast with Felicia Rose and A-Love. They're here to make you come on a journey with them as they indulge you in all of your naughtiest thoughts while navigating sex with nonchalance. And a whole lot of Crisco, of course. I think it's pretty funny still that people guessed every single name of every single porn star except for me. <laughs> Is this a new blend? I don't know, man. Are you a new blunt? I feel like we Hey, just everybody. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to The Screw with Felicia Rose and A-Love. Um, that was my voice, and only like two people ever guessed it, which was really funny. So we have a regular-ass episode for you today. At the end, we're going to play a clip from an interview with Master Joshua. He is a dom. Uh, what's his official title? He's Sorry. a professional Professional dom. dominant. And um, he's somebody that we had gone to and interviewed before with uh, a live video, but we never were able to release that. So if you guys are interested in listening to the episode in which we discuss it, it is episode nine, um, where it says Felicia gets dominated. That's the episode that we kind of do a review of that. So if you want a little backstory of the person that we have um, an interview with later at this at the end of this episode. Episode? How do we keep saying episode? This is like an ongoing issue. Um, then then check back to that episode. Fuck, man. I can't even try. So anyways, so before we get to that, I just want to talk some shit. Aaron and I moved our good friend on Friday, and I'm in so much pain, and I was sick, and I feel like I'm dying now. And my body's broken. How do you feel? Well... The day before the move, I did a fisting video all night long. Um, so my like wrist was already a little shaky, and then like <laughs> you know carry through like like stuff up and down classic New York City apartments. Um, so like I stayed up all night long the night before, but it was because I was busy watching a TV show on Netflix. Which TV show? Fuck, what was it? See, I don't even remember because it was like that. No, it was funny as fuck. Oh, no, Good Girls. Oh, that that show is amazing. So, yeah, I I got caught up in it. And then, not that I, I just have insomnia, so sometimes I can't sleep. So, it was like a a double whammy of like, I actually wanted to continue watching. Don't spoil alert my ass because I haven't. I'm not going to say anything about it. I haven't seen too much of it. I was half awake, so. Anyways, I digress. Yeah. I'm in pain still, and I haven't done sex still. I'm so boring. You haven't done the sex. Yeah, no sex for Felicia. No sex? Well, well, so, like, after the move, right, you know, this is my, like, double booking. This is when you brag about your sex. I don't, I wouldn't, like, say this was sex. Oh, was this work? Yeah, it was kind of work. Well, it was work, but it was interesting because I booked this because this was, like, um, what his like I, I think his term and like his first email was like a raunch pig of <laughs> sorts client and so super into armpit sweat and like pee pee the whole nine yards so I like how we say pee <laughs> so I basically it was like all right after we help our friend move oh like, yeah we were ranked that yeah night. that was mm-hmm. we moved for 12 hours yep well you moved for 10 i moved yeah, for like 13 you were there forever i'm just kidding <laughs> but no it was, good, no it was about 12 hours yeah. altogether like that was crazy so like you probably smelled fucking amazingly it, ripe i smelled so good it warranted a tip so let's just put well, it that yeah, way I mean, yeah. dude you have 
the hot BO. Your pheromones are, you. you know, pretty dope. This is great. For someone that, like, I don't actually have physical sex with, I say physical because I feel like we have mental all the time. And yeah. we're around for each other's we're sex. We're probably so it's like mentally fucking as we speak. Yeah. Yeah, like, you looks like you're fingering me from below the table right now, even yeah. though you're not. No, I'm missing my foot. But yeah, so like... <laughs> I'm missing my broken toes. For the, for the person I'm closest to sexually that I don't actually have sex with, like, you smell amazing, you oh, know? Thank you for saying that. I feel like I'm Even when you a whole smell like a taco, club. you smell amazing. Mm, taco bug grande. Like, yeah. Well, like, I have a burrito armpit, too. Like, one that just smells, like, worse than the other. And it does resemble, like, a for sure burrito sometimes. <laughs> what were we saying like earlier? Oh, I can't say that on air. <laughs> yeah, true. I don't know what you're saying. But anyways, <clears throat> so that was fun. That Like, that's my update. I talk about moving. <laughs> what the fuck, man? Um, fuck. I need to have some sex. Well, there's a teaser, though. Like, I went to the club in a sweatshirt. <laughs> <laughs> I went to the club in a dress with a big, dookie, XL Playboy sweatshirt. I still got hit on. But, like, still, come on. Like, I don't even, like, I don't even exude sexuality anymore. Well, there is big news that we're not going to share today because we don't want to jinx it. But, like... There's... Yeah, but that's not sex. I want to talk, I'm oh, sorry. you want to talk about sex? Well, well, I mean, I don't have it. Let's talk about it. <laughs> well, that's what I'm like. I don't want to bum you out by talking about no, it. No, let's talk about how, let's talk about me having sex. Let's, yeah, let's talk about an old story. Let me see. Let me dig one up from the grave. Wait, let me ask you. Look, can I ask a prompting question? Of course. Okay. Since I'm not gonna be able to remember this shit right now. Um, what think to like? All right, so like. I'll just say this real quick. I was really fascinated during adolescence when, like, my girlfriend started telling me that, like, they had multiple orgasms. I had heard of this thing, but I, like, never had, like, any fucking concept. Like, it didn't make any sense to me. Like, you like, I could come many times in a day, but not, like, this reverberation one after another stuff. So what is, like, the sexual experience that made you come the most amount of time. So you've never edged and felt like you orgasmed without actually ejaculating? I have sense. Because there is a version of... So just to preface this, yeah. there's two types of multiple orgasms. Explain, yeah. So there's the multiple orgasms that are essentially you bringing yourself to completion without the full explosion happening, which is sort of mostly happening usually with men because we're talking about a refractory period. So the idea is... You basically work your semen out of your balls, but not out of your actual cockhead. So it kind of lives in this like middle ground. So it does feel like an evacuation from your balls, but it doesn't feel like an evacuation from your cockhead until the full explosion, which then obviously feels, you know, amazing comparatively. Shout out to like, you know who last night at Decadence NYC, you you made what she just described happen last night. That's so. a thing though, right? Like, yeah. did I just, I did. <laughs> it's a thing. Wait, hold on. I did describe it correctly though, physiologically, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. I just want to be accurate. I don't have a dick. I don't know what it feels like. So and just have for a the recent record. history experience to be able to. So there's to, like, that kind of multiple orgasm right and Mm -hmm. so the same thing sort of could i guess essentially happen with a woman like you could bring yours so i used to say when i was younger and i didn't really understand the difference i would say i came but i didn't orgasm so like i got wet and like i definitely like felt a little bit not got excited but like more than that like it felt like like a mini or orgasm and i feel like that's sort of like edging right like if okay if you keep bringing yourself to the point of uh, but then you stop yourself (laughs) right which is how by the way shout out if you ever want to learn how to last longer because you're a quick comer that's a good way to do it 
look up how to edge online. It's very simple, but it's also something you have to work at. You have to be consistent. You have to do it often and you have to be willing to squeeze your Corona. Anyways, I, I digress. So there's that type of multiple orgasm. And then there's the other type of multiple orgasm where it is the act of orgasming one after the other, after the other, which I, I think I've met two men ever that were able to, without pulling out, orgasm and then keep going and then orgasm again and then keep going and then orgasm again up to a certain point maybe like four or five times like naturally and then maybe they'd have to pull out and kind of jerk it a little whatever so maybe one or two men ever and these people were um habitual masturbators so edging was their game they literally watched porn um not habitual i shouldn't say that habitual porn watchers so they were literally those guys that would hunt for the perfect clip. And until they found that fucking moment, they would edge and edge and edge. I and do that edge. with erotic. I'm talking like, you know, unemployed edging. And that's like, there's like the difference between a person that has a job and a person that, you know. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. I'm oh, saying, I know you're not. I speak I'm to saying there's not enough here. hours in the day for a person to do that amount of edging unless you literally work from home and or jerk off for a living and or are unemployed. So anyway, so that's what I'm talking about when I talk about these people that couldn't, didn't have to pull out in order to orgasm more than once. Anyways, very rare, very, very, very rare. Let's say I've had sex with maybe 110 men-ish, something like that, and two out of them were able to do that. And of course, like, you know, I'd like to think that, like, I don't always fuck the cream of the crop, but people with, people with, <laughs> people that know they can throw it down. You look like a farmer right now. <laughs> <laughs> see, see now here, I don't always fuck the cream of the crop, but I will tell you. But I get the cream out of the crop. But That's I will tell you, no, listen, I will tell you that because of who I am, a lot of times cockier men, mm. men that do perform well in bed are drawn to trying to like throw it down so that they, they get a good name in with me kind of thing. So, if that's who I'm fucking with. Has that normally, worked? No. <laughs> Has it? Have you ever heard me be like, um, anyway, so I feel like because of that, I would have, if this were a higher percentage generally, I probably would have experienced that, right? Yeah. All of the fucking multiple orgasms would have come after me. Anyways, orgasmers. Why are you shaking your head? I, I don't know. This is, this is a, I don't know. I love that you are. <laughs> I was alone for a whopping twelve hours, and so this is me venting. And no anyway, so so then there's the people la 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 la. So that's the two percent of men. So it doesn't really exist. So for women, now let's get into actually how it exists really and truly, which is a woman's multiple orgasm. There are. (laughs) Now, you could say that there's the first type, sure. Like I tried to explain, like coming versus orgasming and kind of like building up to it, building up to it, you know, making yourself kind of like really juicy but haven't like exploded yet. So, yeah, that exists. Edging, if you will, for a woman. But the odd, like the chillest thing is that we don't have a refractory period. So, wait, explain refractory period. So, a refractory period is the physiological part or the physiological like a physiological response to the act of ejaculation whether it be in a man or a woman and the difference is that the um refractory period time frame for a man is between typically like on average i believe it's like 10 like you know 15 minutes up to like three hours before a man can ejaculate again 
I, that's not that average was a very large average. <laughs> it's obviously not the average, but there's a, a lot of influence, like a lot of factors. Yeah, change that. tons of factors. We could discuss those later, but there's a ton of factors that go into once again, like jerking off, for example, that go into how long it takes until you're able to get a boner again and copulate and then ejaculate. However, with a woman, we don't actually have a refractory period. There is no refractory period. Physiologically, our body... Now, mentally, maybe. Maybe we mentally, right? Everybody has a come down period, right? So it's that point where a guy is like, I can't be touched. Don't suck my dick. Oh, it's two cents. You know, if you try to suck his dick again to get him off. With consent, of course. I digress with consent. You always have to ask for consent before you ride their dick when it's too sensitive. But anyways, but that's fun. Like... So, for women, we don't have that period where we cannot orgasm again. Right, exactly. So, as long as all the factors are there that we need to essentially orgasm, we are able to. There There isn't a moment in time where our sponge will not fill with blood again. A huge reason is obviously because of the amount of space that it takes up. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's a lot easier to fill our fucking puseta with fucking blood than it is. And plus, performance is completely different for right. a, what goes into a woman's orgasm versus a man's orgasm in terms of it takes filling the entire fucking penis, the actual shaft with blood, making it erect, making it sensitive enough to then orgasm to completion you know what i mean there's and then making the you know the the whole seminal fucking seminal vessel fucking experience (laughs) i don't even know what i'm saying making up words this is like left behind (laughs) the seminiferous tubule i don't know what i'm saying anyways so that shit takes way longer for a dude obviously because there's a lot more the body takes a lot yeah. more for it to actually happen right. again. The for system, us, system requirements. For us, it takes no, you know nothing. There is no uh, peak point for us to then have to like not like we can keep going. We can have an orgasm. Can I ask a question? Hold on. We can have an orgasm. You know, thirty seconds after our first orgasm. Uh-huh. So, you asked me a question that I never got around to answering, which is, what does that feel like? First of all, it feels powerful. I can win. I win more than men, and even though. The problem is... <laughs> I like that's what you want, dude. I put a feminism. <laughs> the problem is, because not every woman has learned how to multiple orgasm, that's why we don't rule the world yet. Once we do, we're on top. Anyway, so... Um, so, it feels amazing. What it, Basically, what it feels like is, if you were to cover your body in, like, a really warm, amazing, liquidy feeling of just, like, euphoria, and then your come down's like a second long and then you get to go right back up to feeling amazing and then get to that liquidy feeling like instant it's almost like taking, that sounds like a roller coaster it's like taking ecstasy it is a roller you're but basically the idea is for a guy if you were to look at a roller coaster a guy he gets to start off at the bottom goes all the way up to the top has his peak moment orgasms climaxes falls down from the bottom and the in the of the roller coaster and then it goes back in the dock and waits 30 minutes to get back on again <laughs> bitches women got a speed pass motherfucker the women got the speed pass to the king to come motherfucker we could ride that shit all night there is nothing in our body that requires us to have a period of time for us to ex- to have to be able to orgasm again so we can just keep doing it so if you know how to make yourself orgasm like i do my point is i can fucking make myself orgasm like 
give me, okay, say I was at my peak horniest, I was really re ready to go, I have all the stimulants mentally and physically and visually and I don't, alone or with a person, it doesn't matter. I can probably orgasm, I would say at least 15 times in under a minute. And I mean full, complete orgasm. Not coming, not the thing where I was like getting juicy. No, 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 no. Full blown, shaking, to completion, the full like like one like continuous thick, wave thick ejaculate well like like you have to still go no it, it's not well yeah it's like it's one continuous it's one continuous roller coaster right okay. so i'm still going i still have a bottom peak climax where i'm coming and then i'm down but it never but stops the, it never stops and i never get to the dock i have a speed right. pass to keep riding the ride all night you know what i mean like i Oof. never have to jump off that sounds but but intense. if i want to jump off and get in line again i can and wait a few minutes but i don't have to so, like, if I decide, if I'm fucking a dude, if I'm fucking a chick, it doesn't matter. When I'm going to come is up to me. Now, sometimes I'm I'm just, whatever, I'm over it. So, I need a couple physiological facts, whatever. But, honestly, when I'm there, I am there for, as long as that person is still with me, I'm still there. <laughs> and as long as I'm still, like, I just run out of gas when I'm masturbating. Because I masturbate so hard and so fast that within five minutes, I've probably orgasmed three to four extreme times. And I'm, like, fucking convulsing and my arms don't work anymore. Well, my arm, because I only masturbate with one arm. Okay, so that, okay, so that is, like, the continuous... So, like, it feels like, you know when you get so excited that you have to, like, shake your body, you yeah, know, yeah, like, yeah. it feels like that. It feels like that, like, one after the next. It's just amazing. Okay, so, so I like that. So, like, what I visualize, so what I've also heard is obviously, like, like, what you were first describing is kind of, like, the multiple edging version, like, a grouping. Like, maybe I have one with some, like, a small wave of reverberation kind of, like, orgasm that goes on for, like, a little period and then I get off, like you described, I get off the ride, I take a breather, but like not, maybe not a long breather, but it's not necessarily the same exact wave it's like not, you're describing. It's not, you're not getting off the ride though with edging. What you're doing okay. is you're staying on a long ass roller coaster that goes over baby bumps, like smaller, okay. smaller okay. peaks, right? Okay. But the but like the getting off the ride symbolizes ejaculating. Right. You don't get off the ride until the very, very end. So essentially when you have fucking heaps and bounds of cum coming at you that's usually a person that's multiple <laughs> orgasmed honestly yeah. there are people one of my very first like serious boyfriends he could multiple orgasm so he could hold in his cum essentially until i said go yo he would shoot like a fucking rocket across the room because he had like eight loads built up in his fucking dick ready to go wait so that was actually my original question was like that time for what you just described, that long, continuous wave. Right. So if I do the same thing, so if I just keep edging myself, so if I'm not going to make myself orgasm, I'm just playing with yeah. myself and I'm horny and I'm horny and I'm playing with myself and I keep playing and playing, but I'm not fully getting myself. It's the same thing. My orgasm is going to be fucking intense. Okay, so then do you, like, the so time that So when you that tease that the lips and you don't go right for the clit, baby boy, get it on. You know what I'm saying? So when, for a sexual experience, what... What time gave you the longest elapse or whatever of that wave? Like, do you remember that time that gave you, like, the most... I don't remember necessarily the times, but there was a few people okay. that knew how... There was one kid that, like, I don't talk to anymore, and he's, like... he We had a huge, horrible falling out. He was just, like, really... I don't know. We had a weird thing, dynamic at the end, but, like, he was super good yeah. at, like... 
fucking like the pain and uh care thing like immediate it was just so good like he would like like fucking slap like he was just so good at he was a good dom he was a very 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 good dom without it being an explicit on your dom thing you know like he was a good subtle dom if you will and he brought me to orgasm and multiple orgasms so many fucking like i was soaking wet like soaked the fucking bed like when I'm a fucking a fucking full blown slip and slide, and it's not because of sweat, it's because my pussy is just fucking, fucking sh- just like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and it's not pissed because I sometimes that happens, but I'm not saying that. Like I'm just saying like fucking wet everywhere when that happens. I mean, there's probably been like four or five people that have ever done that for me, and it's not because of anything specific, maybe except no, it's not. It's usually specific. <laughs> Just people that like are are really good at paying attention to me, and understanding that like they'll come at some point. Like why like why not why not put on a show right? Like right. make me fucking orgasm a thousand times by teasing the shit out of me. Like I'm a big I like getting teased. So <coughs> nice. So yeah, that's uh that. But nothing makes me multiple orgasm better than. I don't know. There was one girl that was really good at making me multiple orgasms, like, very rapidly. I don't know. I could come with women so much longer because they can come too. So, like, I don't know. Every the sex with What's I, the longest sex session you've ever the had? The sex I've had with women was always the longest. It Do was, you, like, a three-hour. Well, though, there's some guys that are with that too. But, like, definitely it seemed like the longest with a couple of the women I've had sex with. I haven't had sex with a woman in a while, though. How long has it been? A couple years. Okay. Well, I wasn't single. I've What's just, up, ladies? I just recently have been single, so, like, you know, whatever. What's up, ladies? Come get the cream of the I just crop. never believe it when a girl hits on me, so then I never follow up, and then I look, I'm just, like, I look like an asshole, and I'm shy with girls, because I have no fucking game. With dudes, I'm just like, you suck. And then they, like, get so turned on, they Pay me you can't get rid of them. Yeah. <laughs> Guys. Yeah. Whatever. Bless their heart. Anyways, um, should we go yeah. into the so, interview now? Absolutely. So, do you want to like give a little intro to? Yeah. Who so this next is? up is um, an interview I couldn't be a part of last week. Aaron got to sit down with Master Joshua, who, like we said earlier, is a uh, professional dominant who works out of New York City. We sat at down. Decadence NYC. I, yes, we'll have all the information of where he works and whatnot. Right. That's right. Um, but there, they had a pretty long. <laughs> No offense, but it was a pretty long interview and it was actually very good. I sat down and listened to it and broke it up into pieces and like kind of responded to it with like what I wanted to add because of course I have to obviously put my finger on everything. <laughs> so um, we're going to break it up into pieces and the first part of the conversation is up next. So I hope you guys enjoy. Check back episode nine if you want to listen to like the post us getting dominated by Master Joshua episode. And also be sure to tune in to future episodes where we give you the rest of this interview because it's pretty interesting and I want you guys to listen. So because I know nobody can listen to too much for too long, we're going to break it up. Here is Aaron and Master Joshua. <laughs> Next. Hey, welcome hello, Master hello. Joshua. How are you? Good. I'm happy to be back. Yeah, it's great to have you um, on to have a hopefully a cool conversation this evening. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> so I, I'll just say I wanted to talk to you about this because I saw um, your Instagram post um, about you're basically like begging people to have a conversation about toxic masculinity. 
and and there was so much to say I couldn't like put it in a response on Instagram. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I was like, hey, let's just talk about it and like let's talk about it in front of people. <laughs> no, of course, of course. It's it's a topic that that's evolved in my head beyond like just what the the negative cultural norms that we deal with. You know, if you if you look into deeper aspects of it, it's it's present. You know, and it's the norm. You know, the boys will be boys thing is is something that needs to be changed. Uh, the the Instagram video came off of a discussion I was having with a friend from my visit out out in uh, Pittsburgh, and the the topic of forced feminization mm. came up. My male submissive enjoys being humiliated by wearing women's panties. Okay. Right? Now, I understand the humiliation that comes in it. He's, uh, he's a mature gentleman. Okay. And he was raised in a time where men were men, thank you, and women were home. And, right. You know, that, that type of... of Standard of, gender role thing. Yeah, exactly. So... So I got to thinking, why is it that men are, men can dress up at, in women's clothing and feel less than, what is it saying about their perspective on it? Right. You know, so I called him and I asked him, I said, what is it about wearing women's panties makes you feel demeaning? Have Do you think women are less than men because you dress in their clothes and that's supposed to represent you as less than. And I think it shocked him with right. that realization of that could be a link, you right. know, one that we're taught, we're trained in, we're not born that that way, you know. So it's something that we have to unlearn. Right. And him and I didn't get another chance to speak on it because I'm curious if he's processed that that brief conversation right. he his mom was his everything right you know so you take that into consideration with what you perceive as humiliating where does that inner conflict lie if it if it lies at all right you know because you may not even feel that that mm -hmm. disconnect mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, this is something, you know, obviously it comes up again and again, and it's something like Felicia and I talk about often in terms of like, you know, everybody is being kind of like, kind of trained with this idea that like femin feminine means weak, feminine means weak, means subordinate, means subjugatable, you know, like that these kind of that mean like slave, mean <laughs> being dominated, all of these kind of ideas that go around it, you know, and, um, you know, this, this interesting, you know, connection to our own, um, kind of our own process of misogyny with it, you know, like, um, you know, we, we discuss that with like slut shaming a lot as well, right? Yeah. You know, like, especially when other women are slut shaming other women, they've internalized that misogyny as well. The yeah. misogyny that is being like ingrained into all of us within these gender roles, right? And it's, um, 
it's interesting because I hadn't actually thought, <laughs> I hadn't necessarily thought about it from this perspective. You know, we think about it, you know, in all these other kind of things with like rules and, you know, that's certainly like growing up, the worst thing you could be called is a sissy or a girl or a whatever as a boy, right? Like this would be like anything the, feminine. Absolutely. This would be the ultimate, like, kind of insult right and um it's interesting to me that like uh you know some of the bdsm community and like i'm not very you know i've said this before with you i'm not very integrated into this community i'm not um i'm not really versed in all the ins and outs you know but what i see in the queer bdsm queer male bdsm community is a lot of embracing of these like very kind of dramatic roles of either like feminine being like the slave or the submissive and like Dom being like like that hyper masculine like idealized kind of thing like would you say traditionally that that's what it has been or what you've seen too well okay so that was a, I mean, no offense, you guys were obviously high and bouncing around like on the same topic, but you at the root of it, this is what I took away. And it's very interesting because it's definitely, forced feminization is definitely something, or, you know, just sissy culture in general is definitely something that I've, I've always been interested in like the, how that, like how that comes to fruition. And I think it's really interesting to not only question that, but also question the, why it comes to fruition the way it does why does femininity equate to less than and then therefore humiliating and you know for example if a more masculine by definition say ident or a masculine identifying woman were to be forced to be more feminine by definition would they also be humiliated you know what i mean like it's a very interesting kind of perspective on it that I, I mean, I've, I've probably looked at, but haven't really delved into a lot. So yeah. I, I do like that conversation and it definitely makes me question a lot of like, you know, entertaining it. Like I have, you know, some financial domination people under my belt and like, why does entertaining it, like, is there something wrong with entertaining it? Right. right. So then, which kind of leads into the sort of second part that you kind of grazed on. You didn't, I think you bounced back to the original topic, but like, you did graze on like, why is it now acceptable? It's unacceptable in our regular, say, society of, you know, the United States or wherever the fuck. Um, in this culture, it is sort of this unacceptable humiliation thing. But it's acceptable in the BDSM world as long as it's still under the guise of humiliation, right? You know what I mean? So it's it's interesting that we then take it from where it's supposed to be humiliating then we just you know, embrace that. And so why, why do we turn it into a fetish or a paraphilia? Why can't this just be normal? Mm. Right? Like, why can't it be okay for you to be, to, to like the feeling of 
being told to be more feminine by a woman in charge and it doesn't have to be for under the guise of like forced femme or by a man for example it doesn't matter who's telling you to be more femme you know what i mean but the the idea that like you're forced to be more of the opposite gender than you normally present yourself and it doesn't have to be humiliating it could just be like transformative or because that person really likes to see you like that like why do why is the fetish always the humiliation aspect and what about that does you know, do we, what about that are we saying about gender roles and why is it okay for us to play into that even in a fetish society, even in the BDSM world or any other culture that we're basically saying like, okay, it's cool if you have this, fet- now under the guise of just it being a fetish, do I think you should be allowed to fulfill your fetishes that are legal and not harming people? Of course, absolutely, 100%, you should be allowed to act out your fetishes in a consensual situation with people of the appropriate age and obviously as long as it's not hurting somebody or violating an extreme rule like or law like you know bestiality for example so like of course i think you should be able to because without an outlet to be able to express your fetishes then obviously there's you know animosity resentment build up you know hatred toward people just in general it's unhealthy you get more anxiety so it's a dual it's a dual thing. So maybe if it's if it's come to I think like one way to maybe maybe toggle the line is maybe with the person, say your dom or whoever is in that power situation in your dynamic of the forced femme scenario or fin dom or whatever it is, that person why not make a con like a contractual agreement that you both have, you know, the utmost respect for one another and that you will try to carry out a, you know, a very anti-misogynistic perspective outside of this fetish that you are, you know, playing on in your your scenes that you, you've maybe, like, agreed upon, right? Like, maybe some kind of, like, okay, so maybe, maybe here in this working world or in this world where I get to live up my fetishes, I'm going to play into these things. But outside of it, I'm going to do my part in society to change misogyny or just to change the outlook on things. So maybe like the next breed of people, it won't be forced femme because there won't be humiliation about putting on a dress, right? Why can't it just be normal? So like with forced feminization, maybe we also strive toward normalization of it. And it not being a humiliating thing and it just being something that you love doing and both people are enjoying a a part of it. You know, like a person is in charge of your gender switch up and you're both okay with the fact that like, you know, you're embracing a different aspect of it. You know what I mean? Is that, is that too like 10 years from now, my sex work goals kind of like convo, like from the last podcast? No. (laughs) I feel like I'm living in a Black Mirror episode Episode? episode episode every time i speak <laughs> no, i think you're gonna yeah yeah i think that's this is an interesting conversation well with the old guard mm-hmm. and who is this guard <laughs> so i got i got complaints <laughs> so i've been reading a lot on history and, yeah. and and leather history and it's important it's important to understand the traditions as they were now okay. As history is documented, it started with gay male military, right. World War II, a lot of bonding, a lot of men time, and the gay population were playing, and they were playing hard. Okay. And when the war ended, they brought it back home with them, Okay. that type of play. Now, and this is what's fascinating to me, so I'm going to be on this for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> uh, back then, 
there weren't leather shops where you can just go in and buy gear. Okay. You know, gear, leathersmiths weren't as available as they are today. So a gentleman, a, a, a dominant would buy their leather vest and their cover. And that would identify them as dominants. Mm. The submissives would get harnesses and, and uh, armbands or s- specific gear that would identify them as submissive. Okay. So when you hear now people saying you shouldn't be wearing that, only X, Y, and Z supposed to be wearing that. In the old guard, that's the way that they had to identify each other without the public knowing what they were doing. Right. So even in gay bars, they had to keep it behind closed doors. And that was their way to express, to signal, I'm the dominant and you're the submissive. Mm-hmm. And there was certain protocol on who's supposed to approach who. And it was all safety for their own safety and exploration. It wasn't about who, who earns what. You know, th- there is that tradition too. But it was more, it was definitely for their safety and their communication. Interesting. So I like that we just got like a brief little history of like leather BDSM culture. <laughs> that was pretty great. Um, shout out to Master Joshua. <laughs> Love him. But honestly, like, it was interesting because the first thing that stood out in my mind that he was saying was just simply like, men were off, off at war off at the war and they were playing and they were playing more and harder and it was funny because guess what women were doing back at home you know what I mean they were working for the first time they were men were away they were allowed to work while their men were away and they were also allowed to work with one another and play so there was a lot of like lesbian continuum shit going on at the same time which was really dope so shout out to that too because I don't want to you know forget the other side of the coin but I know the point was the leather culture so what I thought was the most interesting was there's a way to identify through like wearing specific pieces, like say a vest or whatever, whether you're a dom or sub, and even a place like a gay bar, because they had to quietly basically identify themselves. I thought that's interesting because there's there's so many times where I say, like, oh, like this party or this, you know, event, why not have like certain wristbands on that say like what you're interested in? Right. You know, shit like that. And like I still think I still that's to this why day a hanky think party would be fun. Because there's there's a lot of people in the queer culture that don't necessarily, they want this like open love kind of like, you know, we can all like hang and party and dance and like, it's okay to touch one another. No, it's not. So like, we have to be honest, it's not okay. So we have to do stuff to like, you know, make up for the fact that like, maybe we don't want to necessarily say, hey, you, are you a sub? Are you a dom? Do you want to go fuck it? Whatever. Like, so like, of course you still have to ask, but even if you have, have identifiers on that say like, maybe like I'm single, I'm in a relationship, I'm an open relationship, you know, shit that isn't sexy to talk about on the dance floor, then maybe like that's a sexier way of kind of like, and a way to, a way to green light things that obviously would, you know, to talk about safety again. I mean, there's still places where you might be at a, a big smorgasporty, smorgasporty, yes, smorgasbord. Is that a porta potty smorgasbord? Smorgasbord pan party where like everybody's there and you might want to be able to say like, this is what I'm interested in without having to say it, you know? And yeah. and without obviously having to reject tons of people too or whatever right. it is, you know? Like, True. I just think that'd be a fun way to, fun thing to bring back. And sure, using your words are great, but to just have like an, an idea before you walk up to somebody, I think kind of 
is a nice icebreaker in general. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's also like, a way to like oh, talk hey. to someone. Like, hey, oh, you're a dom and you're single. Hey, I'm a sub. I'm single. You interested? You know, and then that's what sparks the convo. You that know, would have helped last night. It's so still, much. it's still not like a green light to touch somebody without their consent. But even you know, there are those parties that borderline on that. Like, it's consent based, but blah 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 but and there's these people that you know maybe want to have like a more we, we talked about this before like people that kind of want to go back to like a, a like a non-verbal consent situation and while i don't agree non-verbal necessarily exists we can make it exist right say we have a party where it's like you have to wear a bracelet that says what you're into and like you know you can still of course say no at any given time but say you want to consent to a, a non-consent you know what i mean like nice. a non-verbal consensual that's, situation that's right like you, ha- you there needs to be solutions for people that still want to partake in some of the like underbelly of fetishes which is these things that borderline on if you don't do it the right way it's a not right b illegal c inappropriate and d you're gonna go to prison for so like you know people still want to be able to like you know it, uh enjoy certain fetishes without having to like have a fucking contract sign fine i get that but we need to find a way to make it very very specific and at the end of the day no matter what no means no regardless you know what i mean so like i don't know i think that would be an interesting thing to maybe think about for like a open place space or party or event or dance club or whatever you know yeah okay i digress this so I had this, so I went to Mid-Atlantic Leather in mm-hmm. DC, um, I guess last weekend, something like that. And I've never been to anything exactly like that. And I didn't, I didn't go to see a lot of the demos um, just because you're, I prefer your demos. <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll just hype, hype, hype uh, Master Joshua instead. Um, but you know, because a lot of that stuff is very corporate run. Like Nasty Pig is like there in every corner of yeah. it, and all those other people. You know, which you know, if you want to sponsor, it's great. But um, <laughs> it was like, except you guys, we like you guys. Yeah, 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 whatever. But um, no, I mean, so it was like you know, there's a lot of swag there. This is very expensive. There's a lot of drinking. There's a lot of blurred um consensual boundaries which i'll get to in a second so i didn't like i went to see i went to the hotel i thought it was fascinating that like did you walk the deck i didn't walk on the 11th floor where you can look into all the rooms no but i saw from the outside (laughs) a lot of the activities we were like wow there's just like tons of rooms full of like mostly naked men in like sort of harnesses but not really like to me it was like a more of a naturist event than it was like a leather like it's like a little strap of leather and then you're basically naked um, yeah 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 which is yeah. definitely uh, amazing to watch and revel in and like you know there's definitely no body shaming there all of that was like delightful just to see many different types of men and ages of men and ethnicities of men all kind of like gathering around this common like idea like you know it it was not as white as i was expecting it to be which yeah. was also cool um on that on that level because i pay attention to those things um, yeah and, and it's a like big deal should. it's a big it deal is, the yeah. integration the there's a there's a lot of conflict when it comes to race and within the community mm, uh, no doubt and it's unfortunate because i'm a member of onyx Yep. Uh, and we had a big presence at MAL. Can you just explain what Onyx, Onyx is? Onyx is a men of color leather fraternity or organization. Uh, 
and we promote education empowerment nice. and the leather lifestyle you know it's it's a bond that that we need as men as men of color mm. you know what we didn't have growing up were non-hetero role models right you know a lot of families shunned anyone who was gay you know if you were gay male or female you were gone uh and it's tough so yeah. who do we have to rely on i'm lucky to be in a position now where i'm the pledge master for this upcoming uh pledge line which just started two weeks ago nice and i'm excited because my purpose behind joining the organization was to bring my knowledge to pass on to others who can be those role models in the communities that we need role models in. Nice. You know, so now we we become empowered through education and experience. And when we see those kids who need that that guidance, you know, we can be a point of reference now. And now it's not something to be shamed of, but something to be honored to, to be with. Yeah. To be acknowledged, to be yourself. Sure. Wow. <laughs> yes. Well, I wish I had felt more of that at <laughs> Mid Atlantic Leather. <laughs> In general, like I mean, it it was it felt like a costume ball a little bit. Yeah, it's tough. I've I've been to ML twice this year. I opted out so that I can invest time over in, in uh, Pittsburgh. Nice. But it's tough because yes, everyone's expressing themselves, mm -hmm. and it's. A gear party where everyone's dressed up in gear and everyone's trying to have sex which is cool <laughs> yeah. which is cool i understand that yeah but the the surface i made some money that weekend it was good <laughs> <laughs> the surface of the lifestyle that they're scratching on though is so rich yeah and full yeah and it you can help it in terms of like community and community and relationship so, building. Like, so do you think the people that go to this are kind of like the interlopers or, or like what, like what portion of, do you think are like yearly interlopers that go to this? Well, thing? I, it, they have their, the crowd grows every year. I mean, yeah, okay. it's repeat. Sure. It's like a circuit party. That's essentially what it is. A circuit party in gear. Yeah. And you know, well, they, they have, get the whole whole hotel. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, they have they have demos and stuff and the vendors and it's a beautiful it's a beautiful event. Yeah. But the people looking to grow mm -hmm. and to learn, they don't go to that event. Right. Because there's, there's nothing there. Because that's that. just a sex party. It's, it's, it's a it's a sex party. Yeah. So I mean, so that I found interesting. You know, we didn't go to my friends and I did not go to any of the kind of mal party events. Like we chose to go um, to a local kind of art dance thing put on by two trans DJs, and it was very steamy. It was like you know. It was a weird integration of people that were certain people that were in town for mid-atlantic leather and then whatever like queer community exists in that like mm -hmm. space in dc already um and it was kind of like one of the better parties i've been to in terms of like like a good chill consensual chemistry like going on like there weren't as many women there as some of the more like pan-centered kind of like 
wasn't explicitly a sex party, but I don't know how it, like it was like how it's like like a barely clothed dance party. Yeah. <laughs> you know, where like you know there was one room that is definitely like a touch room with mattresses or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like whatever setup. Like kind of like, like a, it was like a Wonderland party here. Right, or like Hot Mass in Pittsburgh. I okay, don't know okay. if you've been to any of their their parties. You know, where it's but like, very almost like a like burner type. Yeah. 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 And, you know, it's cool, and, like, you know, it's definitely steamy and, like, sexy and, like, sweaty, very sweaty. (laughs) And, like, I kind of liked it, and, like, I thought, like, everything was handled well. There were the people who were kind of, like, um, I don't know, like, like kind of the watchers of the event or whatever, you know. Like the DMs. Yeah, they kind of, you know, were really good at coming around and, like, making sure people are okay, kind of checking in with people, kind of like, kind of putting on the boundaries where they needed to happen in a non-shameful way. Yeah, nice, you know? nice, like, nice. Because like... What was the name of that event? Just so they can get some credit if you can recall. Yeah. It, those are important parties. Uh, Import, those are important. It was the Needle Exchange is what it was called. And the DJs I'll put in the write-up for this. I'll, like, link Awesome, them. awesome, um, awesome. Because, yeah, I'll link the whole thing because it was super cool. And, like, you know, I, kudos. like Those experiences are important. Yeah. Now, imagine, hopefully, the, the, the people that were from MAL seeing that were maybe inspired or... Yeah, well, so, right, so that did spark a conversation afterwards with my friends, and, like, you know, like, you know, I definitely told them I wanted to, like, talk about this a little bit on the podcast, because, like, you know, it was an important conversation, it's one, like, we've all been trying to have a lot, and, like, you know, everybody knows in theory that, like, consent is the way to negotiate your situations, but, like, definitely, again, the kind of old guard has, like, gotten into this kind of philosophy that, like, that's kind of, like, unsexy now. And, like, they don't, like, they don't know how to navigate. Like, they know they can't say in the post-Me Too world with all of our, like, scary bad guys, you know, we know that we have to be having this conversation and doing something different. But, like... Well, when it comes to the way things were, consent was a big thing back then as well. Sure. What ended up happening like in any subculture any culture there's people who take advantage of predators in those circles so the horror stories absolutely do come to the forefront where submissives are not supposed to have any rights or submissives aren't supposed to if you when you deal with those people on any of those apps and they start talking down to you immediately sure it's like get for real you know sure that's not the way it's done yeah i guess i mean the more subtle thing like so I'm not talking about explicit, like, non-consensual. I, I'm meaning, like, this fine line where uh, we talk about non-verbal con- consent. Oh, in like the passive. So, like, when you were mentioning earlier about, like, the idea of, like, you know, these, these kind of uniforms, like, signifying roles so people could kind of understand, yeah. like, what was, you know, I get that, and I get that historically, and I get a lot of this, but, like, at some point, those things became more unnecessary, and we didn't evolve some of our other, like, I heard, you know, I went to a bathhouse the other day, and some guy was on a rant in, like, the locker room area saying, you know, these these queens that come in here and just want to talk. How dare they talk? You don't talk in here. And I was like, 
absolutely horrified and i was like well maybe it's time to like let things like evolve a little evolve, bit yeah maybe people don't want you to just stick their di your dick in them without like you having a conversation, conversation. about it like you know and yeah, I, yeah, you know yeah. i said these things to my friends and they're like oh, i know but it's like all of a sudden like this like negotiating consent seems so mechanical and like everything seems de-sexed like it's sexy but it's not sex anymore and like, you know, I'm trying to like kind of weigh these things that they're saying and I'm like, sure, however, like we've kind of become, there's two things that are happening here. One, can, you don't have to make consent on the sexy. What is it? You can ask for consent in all sorts of ways, right? Like, like, you know, I really like to suck your dick. How would you feel about that? Right? Yeah. Like, why does it have to be like, I would like consent to suck your dick. Yeah, Nobody yeah, yeah, said yeah. it had to be robot language. Like, can yeah. you please sign this form here? No. <laughs> We're saying you should be having a conversation. I mean, like, so one thing I think, you know, modern gay men, especially who use apps, understand is there's usually a lot of conversation about what you like and what you want to do. You know, maybe too much so on some level, yeah. but at the same time, it's yeah, happening. Yeah. You seldom have, like you know, you're seldom clueless about the kind of sex you're about to have, right? That should be the case for everybody. Like, yeah, yeah. You shouldn't you be... Know what you're like, why into. are you wondering, like, two seconds before you take your pants off? Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Establish that beforehand. And, like, you know, and there's this kind of thing where I got the feedback, like, no, but this is a rite of passage for gay men that we go through the kind of, like, experiencing uncomfortable, questionably consensual situations as we come up through the ranks. And then we understand that we're in, when we're in these explicitly sexual spaces, that that's the name of the game. And I was like, but we've just been conditioned to believe that, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, There's, what's, the, what's the value of that? Yes, <laughs> in the beginning, we needed to express sexual freedom. Yeah. But now if we want respect and we want meaningful relationships and we want respectful relationships with ourselves and with the people we're, that we're seeking for life, that shit doesn't work that way because yeah, that lasts 10, 15 years. And then what? Yeah. Now I've, I know how to hook up, right. but I don't know how to build a relationship. And hey, I'm not trying to make it unsexy, right? I'm saying like, those things can be a scene. They can, yeah. And if they're, you they're want a scene, be a scene. But, like, don't force everybody to be a part of your scene, yeah. right? Like, you can't impose your scene on every anonymous individual you meet because they're not necessarily down for it. Yeah. For uh, it, Worse, <laughs> maybe they don't even know they can say no. Right. And, and from what I heard from feedback from my friends, no, they didn't believe they could say no. I was at a bar once when I was like, I think 21 and having a casual conversation and some guy slipped his finger in the back of my pants into my actual ass. I was like, what? He was like, well, you were flirting. I was like, really? That's how, that's how quick it works. Yeah. Like we didn't talk about it. What if I was like a total top? It was like, fuck you. What are you doing? Or like. But why would you even do why that? Why would you even do that? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, those are the things that, like, okay, so we, we all have kind of some unifying experiences when I talk to other queer men. Essentially, the unifying experiences is we've all experienced non-consensual sexual advances from gay men. <laughs> okay, or other queer men, or maybe straight men, or whomever. But we've experienced it and, and somehow conditioned to be like, okay. it's a rite of, you know, like, because there's like, oh, it's a rite of passage. I was like, rite of passage implies something like brutal and life changing. That's not necessarily a good thing. A rite of passage can be 
a good thing, but it implies dramatic. Or yeah, something, I, I don't, something changing. I don't think it should be like it shouldn't feel that dramatic. It should feel nice. That like to me when I think of those like all of those questionable moments. No, I yeah, I feel like it was a rite of passage, but I think it was like all questionable bullshit at each step of the way. Like everybody just kind of like the secret society of we're not going to talk about this ever and therefore it's okay, you know? And like, that's not right. It doesn't invalidate queerness to say men are conditioned with toxic masculinity, period, regardless of sexuality. (laughs) So yeah, it sounds like in that part of the conversation, you guys pretty much just said what I said like before I heard you guys say it exactly it was like you were in the room it was channeled it's pretty cool that I don't really have to be there for you to right like I'm it's like I I don't know well stay stay tuned for part two in the next few weeks um where I actually let Master Joshua talk um (laughs) (laughs) no I mean like this that wasn't like interview style like we've already done the interview with him this was you guys having more of like an open conversation like you and I do you know and sometimes one person has the floor more it's not I I, (laughs) I love that we just I like insecure out about it on air no I mean I just don't think you should be it's so otherwise I would have been like that's a funny joke you're right you know what I mean um so yeah thanks guys for listening to another episode feel free to like us follow us subscribe to us download us love us check out the write up to find out where all these things are that we discussed in the podcast tell your friends about us you know you never know like I think a lot of our listeners are a lot of people that um, sex isn't like readily accessible for them as far as sex uh, conversations and just right. open dialogue about it. And I think that that's a big chunk of the people that are listening, which is great. So if you have friends out there that maybe are a little bit shyer and maybe kind of need a place to go to get a daily do- or a weekly dose of like a little bit of like naughty talk, if you will, you know, like <laughs> we're like the 50 shades just like with education and more interesting plot lines. And sometimes we use silly voices and we get really high. Absolutely. We're 420 shades of gray. 420 shades. <laughs> How long have you been sitting on that? I haven't. Oh I literally, God, this is, amazing. dude, what? I come I up with it. everything on the fly. That's no, why I never I remember it later. I know, that's and true. Somebody else makes a Netflix original series about it two Always, minutes every after. Time. Mm, all right peace love you love me <laughs> love you. are you loving me i love everyone all right bye